Hello and welcome to The Social, brought to you by The London Mags. I'm Simon and I'm joined by the one and only Freddie Howe from The London Mags. How are you, mate? Hello, mate. I'm all right. You okay? Yeah, good. Cheers. Do you like the, do you like the nickname? Uh, it's just sticking now, isn't it? I feel good <laughs> to take it, but, you know, we'll stick with it. Good, good stuff. And, of course, from one iconic manager to another, it's Tevin Keegan from The Irish Mags. How are you, mate? How are you, How are you keeping? Good, good, yeah. Unfortunate results, but yeah, no, we keep on going. We keep on going. All good with me. Yeah, wasn't wasn't great, was it? Um, should before we get into the Brighton game, just going to make a quick apology because obviously we weren't here for the podcast last week. Um, I was on a work trip in France, which you guys obviously knew about. Um, sadly, couldn't make it back in time to record the episode. But I have come back with a fun story, which I think yeah. you'll enjoy. <laughs> right, strap in. So I was on a work trip, uh, and they flew us over to. Marseille to go and film something for Warner Brothers which is really exciting and yeah. we were there for 24 hours and uh whilst we were waiting for our flight home we were just sat outside overlooking Marseille it was beautiful and uh the waiter at the bar says do you lads like football and we we're like yeah he was like who do you support I was like Newcastle I was with somebody who supports Tottenham and then he goes right don't look now but there's someone there's someone over there who I think you'll recognize and so I was like oh I wonder who that is so I went up and I was I was like trying to make it not very obvious and there was a castle in the background. So I was like pretending to ask questions about the castle. Did a quick look around. <laughs> Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang sat yeah. there behind us because now he's just signed for Marseille. So uh, about 10 minutes later, go up to him, ask him for a quick picture. He asks... He you went up to Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that, but you've, you've gone up to... What, what is the plan? Going for a photo? <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, let's go for a little photo. And to be honest, he's very, um, I don't normally do it, but he was like, he was so like cool and disarming. Like he doesn't, he doesn't really just want a picture. He like wants to talk to you. So he was asking about uh, who I supported, told him about Newcastle. And then he was like, oh yeah, I almost joined Newcastle. Uh, no. Just before I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just before uh, I joined Dortmund, uh, it was a toss up between... Uh, Dortmund and Newcastle and then we we're talking about Graham Carr and uh I'm pretty sure if you google it there's like pictures pictures of him playing a friendly against like Gateshead or something <laughs> uh, so crazy no podcast but I did come back with a great story so hopefully that was all worth it That's um a fantastic yeah. story we, we just to say we did plan to do a podcast me and Tev um, but we got back to my hotel after the Liverpool match and I don't think either of us could speak it took us about <laughs> we just sat inside my hotel for like at least an hour and then when right we've got to go out yeah the Liverpool game uh, obviously there was quite a lot to talk about uh I didn't watch it I only watched the highlights because I was walking around Harry Potter studio tour I booked this months ago before the fixtures came out and I kept on getting updates and then for like 45 minutes I didn't get any more updates so I thought we'd like we'd beaten Liverpool <laughs> 1-0 and then when I was in the gift shop I was like oh fuck me what's happened here that's not gone well um yeah so we were it was going to be YouTube podcasting uh <laughs> how were you after the game uh we just sat in silence to be honest with you. <laughs> we went back to um we went back to my hotel and we just sat there looking at each other going fuck <laughs> 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 I don't think there's any other way to put it. I mean, I think I was with a few friends at the Strawberry just after it, and I'd, I've I've never seen a mood like that walk out of the ground. I think mm. it was just really deflating, wasn't it, Tim? 
Yeah, it was. It was like somebody. It's like somebody passed away. I think I left the Gall- Gallagher at the end. I was. I told Al and a few of the guys like, "Oh yeah, I'll meet you after uh, at Strawberry." I came and they were like, "Oh, we need to go back to the airport." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Like I just sat there in somber looking around, and they were like, "Oh, you have to leave." It's like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean. A few heads were lost in the group chat afterwards, so I can imagine it must, it must have been like a like literally like someone had died up in like up in Batoon. It was just such a very surreal, surreal result. Uh, and from obviously we d- we're not going to talk about Liverpool, but we are going to talk about uh, Brighton. So let's yes. get into that now. Um, <laughs> three defeats out of the it's first four games, lads. It's all... <laughs> it's, it's all gone to shit, isn't it? What's happening, um, Freddie? Uh, you you were at the match. Uh, I mean, talk us through. Obviously, we started the last episode with a bit of a ticketing fiasco, and it's becoming a bit of a tradition because there was another one at Brighton. So over to you. It's it's a very difficult conversation because this is a whole episode on its own, really. Um, but essentially, for, for anyone listening that's members of both our clubs, NUFC have been trying to make changes over the summer um, to, in order to accommodate a lot of different groups. Uh, those groups are mainly those on 100 plus loyalty points, um, who have kind of been accused before of buying tickets and selling them on to members like me, um, which is true. We all have to be honest about that. Um, but there just wasn't this level of demand to be going to the match now as there is. So something's had to change. And we, what we're doing is um, just seeing lots of changes week on week. So at Man City, there was the ID checks. And at Brighton, there was ID checks again. However, for, for these groups, the next group you've got down is the members are is the season ticket holders on let's say zero to ten points? Um, those are the the kind of ones that you've got an issue with because they're they're making up a large proportion of people that couldn't get access to tickets before. Below that, you've got sort of general members, which is the largest group, and the club have said they've sold about fifty thousand memberships. I mean, why it kind of just seems like a money making exercise because it hasn't actually improved any kind of situation of getting into the ground. Um, but what happened at Brighton? You essentially had empty seats because the, the way the club managed it is that it went down between one and ten points. So if you had more than one loyalty point, I think uh, a few days before the game, you could buy a ticket. About 800 tickets were sold in the space of 30 minutes. Following that, the club then did a ballot, which is what they're saying they're going to do every game. But they're not publishing the amount of tickets that are going into this ballot. That ballot is on season ticket holders without any points so that you can still have a chance to start to gain access to the ground. However, below that, there's nothing for members. So how can you have 800 tickets going to between one and 10 points and then still a ballot for members who missed out anyway yeah. and nothing to members? And the end result was you had over 100 empty seats um, in the ground on Saturday, which I think just cannot be happening really. And I think there needs to be a conversation which we're going to have now about how if you're outside of of the tune and you are part of like a sports supporters club like the London Mags, the chances are that you are filling up those midweek away ends um, in January and in February for games that are in the south and that are difficult to get to. I understand there was train strikes on Saturday. However, there was train strikes last year. And also last year, I don't even remember, it was the second game of the season. But it was it went viral on Twitter, the fact that Newcastle fans and Brighton fans were passing sun cream over the barriers to each other. So that shows you exactly how full that away end was last year in the middle of a train strike. And this year, there was 100 plus seats missing. So who is that? Is that corporate? Is that 
change is that people on one point and that they bought it, but I've got no hope of getting to the game, but just wanted to take the point. I don't want to accuse anyone of anything. What what I think we need is we need some answers from the club as to why this is happening. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because I saw a lot on a lot of chat on Twitter with some fans basically saying I reckon it's people trying to build up their points for the Champions League uh, matches, which may be the case, but I also really don't like the idea that we're four games into the season and fans are already turning on themselves. So I really think that isn't the case. Um, I Is there any sort of fix or any sort of communication that we can have with the club, uh, Fred, well, and, and Tev as well, to see if there's any chance we could potentially snap up these tickets, maybe 48 hours to go? Well, I think definitely. I think, I mean, just to flag, we do have a very positive and, co- and like constructive dialogue with the club regularly. Um, we weren't consulted on these ticket changes. However, neither were the trust and neither were other supporters groups that, that we speak to as well. Yeah, It was done over, I think, two, I think there was three ticket consultations of which they sort of randomly, you had to apply to be part of part of them. Once you'd gone to one, you couldn't then go to another, which again is a bit mental. So That is, that is mad. Yeah, it's yeah. It was very hard. How they've taken a sort of yardstick of, of this, I don't know. But personally, and I think from a sports club position, we are looking at it and thinking, you're trying to do too much too soon. You can't please everyone, which we all know. Let's not divide amongst fans. Like, we know that there are members in the South who go to lots of away games. I mean, if you, I went to about 16 away games last season. You know, that that's a lot. That doesn't mean that just because I can't be a season ticket holder like in Newcastle, that doesn't mean that I should I should be therefore outcast as well. Yeah. Like the, the club has to listen to everybody, but I think what they're doing is they're doing too much too soon. And I think there really needs to be root and branch review of the away end and to see what changes need to be made and to do a fairer system. There are temporary fixes though. Like I say, I mean, I, I did hear that there was a club liaison officer that said, the tickets that were empty were return tickets. So it was people who couldn't travel or it could have been corporate returns. But if that was made on the Thursday or the Friday, the club have our details and they could have phoned us and said, we've got 50 tickets. And I'm not being funny, the, the club is, our actually United Supporters Club London is a paid members club. We would have bought those tickets. We could have paid that out of the Supporters Club account and then collected the money ourselves. Yeah. Like There are ways around this and there are things that we can do. But currently... We have no option to get into the away end of, of a match. And I don't think that's fair. It wasn't fair before. It wasn't perfect. But currently, it is literally dividing the fan base. And it's make, and the big thing about it as well, it's making it harder to see games where before it was actually, you know, it was, it was fine. It was normal, you know. So the reason why you put solution is place to solve a problem. This is brought about five problems you know so from an Irish Mags point of view we're like we're across the sea you know so it's a bit harder for us to kind of get to games for home games you know so what about away games like probably one or two of us in the group about three or four hundred of us will probably get to a game now away and that they're probably season ticket holders so it kind of takes the kind of the trail away from it said so to the last last season I left Ireland to go to Nottingham Forest at St. St. Patrick's Day yeah, to watch a game. The, the the game that I remember, I remember Isaac taking the penalty the last minute of the game to win it. Like that's something I'll remember for the rest of my life, leaving Ireland yeah, for Paddy's sake. But like that will never happen. That most likely won't happen this season, you know. So it's, as Freddie said, it's about communication. It's about making the club should be aware in terms of the options that they have. Like like Freddie said, you know, if it's a case that on a Thursday, Friday, that there's fifty or hundred, you know, tickets from corporate left. Give us a shout, you know, and then we can kind of see what we can, can do because them tickets will be snapped up rather than having empty seats, you know. Yeah, and I think the issue was for us is that 
we travelled down with quite a lot of members to Brighton, and it's like nobody expects a ticket. But when you had sign, you have Rich, and they were sort of dotted around pubs in in Brighton watching the match, and then they see that on the telly is that that's not good. And I just think it's not okay to be putting fans in that situation. There needs to be communication, and what I haven't seen so far is communication on any of this. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, right, I think we should wrap up the uh, ticketing thing. I think um, it'd be good to know from like the Irish mags and the London mags whether there's a chance to just reach out to them and say, look, this is something which we think would work. If there's any, even if there's like 20 allocated tickets with three days to go before the match, offer them to us, we'll pay them. Is that something you're going to put to the club? I think basically just to inform members, and like I said, this podcast is kind of for members, by members, which is good. We will do a a proper episode on tickets. We really, we definitely should do that, I think, guys. Um, But in terms of the club, we, we are speaking with the Trust, other supporters clubs and anyone that we need to and we'll take a united approach on it. There is a ticketing survey live now within the London Mouse group chat. Yep. If you want to look at that now, that'll give us some indication of what we can start going to the club with. Right. Uh, so <laughs> that was all before the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the actual match. Uh, Tev, three losses on, a <laughs> losses <laughs> on the bounce. Um <laughs> We're we're all hypocrites in this game that we love because the first episode of his podcast, I was boldly saying that our midfield trio is up there yeah. with the best, and uh, no one really needs dropping. And we've had an amazing transfer window. Um, that looks like it's all sort of gone to shit. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the match? Yeah, I think we need. Yeah, um, if it's the three, if it's the only three losses we get this season, fair play. We finished third, second, we're happy. But yeah, it's a bit of a realisation that, look, it's going to be a long hell season. But I still have faith, but Jesus, after that Evan Ferguson second goal, I was kind of looking as, uh, yeah, it just brought me PTSD back to the Liverpool game. But yeah, no, look, we uh, the, the problem is, so we played good. We played good. Uh, we, had, we had a decent start. We played good. Then we dropped off. Liverpool, we played good. But here's the thing. Last season, we weren't good. We were excellent. So that's what we're looking at. So last season... We went to Tottenham and we won. Do you know, we went to Tottenham came to us. We battered them. We were playing teams and we were, you know, we were in the game and we were taking our chances. Where the past three games, we've been in the game, we've been getting good spells, but we're not taking our chances. So I think that will come definitely from the midfield. I think there is something just in terms of the midfield that I think the Irish fans are kind of saying it's just not right with the likes of Tonali, Bruno, and then also Joe Linton. Me for me, I think Jalinton is still injured, and I think Bruno is still thinking about his wedding. Well, his seven marriages, seven weddings <laughs> that he had during the summer. <laughs> but there's, I, there's something that's not right. But that will actually happen when you bring in new players in terms of midfield, in terms of the defense. Like there is a period where you know they need to get used to playing with each other. But something is not right in the midfield. I just think. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Joe Linton didn't look fit, and mate, I will back Joe Linton to the hill. Um, basically, it's when he's fit, he starts. In my opinion, it doesn't matter where on the pitch he starts, but he starts. Um, yeah, the trio in midfield. Uh, I'll hold my hands up and say maybe I got a little bit carried away after the first episode. Um, it it's gonna need time to gel. I do think a bit of time for one of them to drop out. I mean, it probably would make sense for it to be Joe Linton if he's not one hundred percent fit, uh, and just to get Sean Longstaff's uh, running in there. I think is um, is is a must in all honesty. Uh, the main thing I took away, two main things I took away from the game. One is that match showed how much we miss Sven Botman because mm. 
I love Dan Byrne, and I think he's a very capable centre back. But Ferguson's third goal does not happen if Botman's in the in the uh, starting eleven because he either he commits and he either takes out Ferguson and it's a foul, or he wins the ball and we set up a counter attack. Yeah. So, and Dan Byrne, bless him, that's not his style as a centre back. So I think Botman is, is crucial to our our back line. And I think if Botman's not playing, then I don't know if we can play the same way, to be totally honest. The other thing which kind of leads in to this is we were all pretty happy with our transfer dealings. And the more I think about it, kind of feels like more of a summer window project more than necessarily improving on the players who did so well last season. Um, and I think it's the more this happens, and if we continue to play like this, justifying 70 million quid's worth of fullbacks who aren't starting when mm. a left-sided or right-sided centre-back to, you know, provide competition more than anything, it's starting to look a bit of a howler. I do think just in terms of, obviously, Eddie was kind of saying it, like no other person would be hurting more than Eddie Howe right now, do you know, because you can yeah. see how much time he, he takes into training in terms of in terms of the intens- intensity. We've all, we all we always knew that we would have a hard start to the season, but... Uh, as talking to Irish Mags, you know, like this is the time probably not to turn on the players. I do think we'll come up good. I think just have faith in Eddie and kind of see what we're going to do. It's it was, all, it was always going to be a, a, a tough set, um, set of games. Um, we we as I said, the midfield is not right. I think we're still waiting on players to come back. What I do think it did kind of highlight about a CDM. I don't know if you've seen the second goal, probably Evan Ferguson. I don't want to bring you back to it last week, but. Yeah, that second goal kind of shows you the amount of gaps that we had in the midfield. And if we had a CDM sitting, you know, with that goal that went in. But th- this is all if we're now, like maybes, you know. I think we do need this kind of, you know, this week off in terms of international break to kind of just get together and just kind of get the basics back. You know, I think the intensity needs to come back. That's what's been gone the past three games, the intensity. Intensity, yeah. you know. So let's just see. But yeah, keep the faith. I'd still keep the faith with the boys. I was thinking... If we had Willock fit and Longstaff up to scratch, like, does this happen? I mean, because arguably, if you remember when Bruno came in, Bruno didn't play with us for quite some time. Like, he was brought on, might have have a cameo here, a cameo there, etc. Tenali is straight in there because Willock is out. Yeah. And and is that fair on him to be going into, you know, Liverpool? Again, they were always going to be better. Brighton, that's a top six side. You know, Man City, they won the treble last year. Okay, Villa was brilliant because we played them a few weeks before in America and we kind of got the measure of them. Brighton, okay, you could make that argument as well. Brighton clearly learned from playing us. But I think realistically, we are having problems with the midfield, but it's a perfect storm where you've got new players and the depth, we we just don't have the depth there with with being injured. But Ben, when it comes to the depth, is it fair to say, why did we spend 70 million on two fullbacks when necessarily that wasn't... I mean... Mm -hmm. Cover for right back, yeah, but I, I get that. Um, it's, it's just it's just a lot of money to spend on players who aren't starting. Yeah, I agree. I think the the second problem though is, is that we all knew if, if one of Botman or Share goes down, that was going to be a big problem. Yeah, and that, I think that's what's the most frustrating part for me because, I mean, yeah, we we really miss Botman and we haven't really got anyone to replace him if we're going to carry on playing that type of football. Um, I think Dan Burns a great centre-back, but they're just very different types of players. Um, The one player I kept on thinking about on deadline day was João Paulinha. Like, put him in as a number six. And I think that would have been 
a great move. But this is all this is all hindsight, isn't it? I mean, after the first game when Tonali absolutely dominated Villa, um, it's just going to take a bit of time. And I I, wa- I rewatched the game, and initially when I heard uh, Eddie's uh, comments post match, I was like, no, I, this is probably the first time I don't agree with you because he was like, we made some really good chances in the first half. And I rewatched the game, I was like, oh shit, yeah, we actually did play pretty well. There was just like the first goal. I mean, count how many errors you want to make. Yeah. Um, and the third goal can be stopped if Burns more aggressive and just takes him out. Yeah. Um, I think to an extent they outplayed us, but we outplayed them when they came to St. James's last season. So yeah, yeah just lessons to be learned, I reckon. The one thing I'd actually just say, just in terms of from the Irish marks, just kind of uh, as a spokesman, um, can we do a petition for, you know, Nick Pope to just stay in his box? <laughs> just a petition, just just maybe one war flag or one just little red flag in the corner, just kind of saying, just stay, just stay, like, hey, stay. I'm allowed in his box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there should be like an eh, 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 when he leaves the box, because God, Jesus, he, he sends my anxiety high, you know? My God. <laughs> The, the first goal where the, the ball is onto both Shah and Trippier. And what do we do? We fucking... We, we, we scuff and launch down the park. But whatever. It is yeah. what it is. Lads still have the full backing. Lessons will be learned. And we'll move on to something very, very exciting. Lads, the Champions League draw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I mean, uh, part of me, admittedly a very small part of me is... Fuck me, that's a difficult draw. But also, like, ah, oh, bring it on, lads. PSG, Borussia Dortmund, and AC Milan. I mean, whoever of you wants to take this one, go with it because it's it's exceptional, isn't it? It's it is incredible. I think I think I was sit there watching Brighton the other day, just thinking, it's only AC Milan next. It's absolutely- <laughs> <laughs> like. I just think I was. I, I went to the Dolphin on Thursday night for the draw and was with the boys there just to test out as well because we've now got more beer in the Dolphin, which is a good announcement for anyone that doesn't know that. That's available to purchase from the Dolphin where your beer money will start going back into displays, especially in ahead of Champions League, which is fantastic to hear. Um, yeah, absolutely so, love that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? So I did... Um, you need to work on that, to Get that in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get more points. We'll yeah. get Guinness, Irish Max Guinness. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tev, I had a, uh, I had a Murphy's Irish Stout when I was in Marseille. <laughs> okay, Jesus, how was it? Do you know what? The first three quarters of it was delightful, and I think, I mean, I love a Guinness, but that was like next level. I loved it, and then uh, I think I was in a bit of a ropey sports bar because the the last part just tasted like cigarettes and. Dodgy, dodgy taps. But uh, yeah, I loved it. Really? Yeah. What time yeah. was this? <laughs> uh, it was, it was before Uber. Before Uber. Um, sorry, yeah, carry on. Yeah, no, I think when we were we were there watching the draw and we were all sort of, everyone's been frantically planning stuff and booking flights. Um, we will be going, we will be looking at what we can do on the ground in collaboration with other sports clubs and making sure that there are places that we can go in terms of fan areas. We'd like to obviously pick that up with the club as well and see whether there's anything we can do. Um, but my thoughts just on the whole were just thinking, everybody that I've met over these last few years in this journey, it's just how incredible it is that we get... I just can't believe how far we've come. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, Tev, uh, how do you guys go about sorting tickets for Champions League away games? Is it going to be difficult? Is it something which you need to speak to the club about? Or is it just going to be as you were? 
I think it's the same thing as communication. I think from our point of view, I think it's all about community. So if Irish marks are going down to Dortmund or Milan, etc., we'll all go to, like, regardless if we get tickets or not. I think in terms of a community aspect, it'd be great to kind of go with the likes of the London Mags, the other supporters groups, talking to the club as well. So I think what we're trying to say is, look, let's make this an experience. If we get to the game, fantastic. But with the, tis- with the, the likelihood in terms of tickets right now, I think it's going to be difficult. But that doesn't stop us going and working together with the London Mags and the other supporters groups to go in there in terms of fan zone. So I think it, it, you know, it's exciting. It's very exciting. I booked Portland and Dortmund, I think, two days ago, yesterday. I don't know when. But um, I, think, I, I think it is fantastic, you know, but it's just about making sure that the community aspect is great because what we don't want is pe- some people going, some people not, some people kind of saying what we're doing. I think it's a group mentality in terms of what we're trying to look at. But yeah, I think we're for away tickets. I think it's the same boat as away tickets for Premier League. I think we just need to work, try work together and kind of see what we can do, you know. That that long as size there in the middle of the dorm and just drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to see it. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Um, yeah. Sai, Sai on the European tour is going to be truly, truly something to witness. Um, I think that's pretty much it for this week, guys. Uh, we're obviously not here because of the international break uh, next week, which is a shame. Uh, but obviously the, the lads need need a bit of time to rework on their magic. Um, so yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and if there's anything that you want us to discuss on the podcast, then chuck it into the WhatsApp groups um, because we're going to try and make this as interactive as possible. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Freddie, give the Irish sorry, give the London Mags a social media shout out. Yeah, sure. It's at the London Mags on Twitter. Um, and like I say, just nufc-london.co.uk. Nice. And Tev? Yeah, so it's on Twitter. It's just um, Irish Mags. My personal one is two in Irish. But also we've launched a Facebook channel as well, which is Irish Mags. Um, and then in the future, you might see a TikTok in terms of match experiences. But stay tuned for that. Nice, nice. Uh don't love the personal shout out there, mate. You can't say, oh, just follow me on Twitter. What's this about? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, if you're doing that, at Simon Harkness on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at Tevin Keegan. <laughs> at Tevin Keegan. We like it. Um, yeah, sounds good, lads. Thank you very much. Uh, we obviously won't be here next week, but we'll be back once uh, once we've hopefully beaten uh, Brentford. So, however, lads, and thanks for listening. Thank you. Right. See you. Thanks.